Here we go. You're listening to Sounds Good. The podcast that makes your sound sound good. This show is sponsored by GoToMeeting. Welcome to a new episode of Sounds Good. Inspired by the Inside Home Recording podcast segments about MIDI, it seemed like a good moment to discuss some of the modern day uses of MIDI. You may know MIDI as a means to connect several synthesizers and sound modules to your digital audio workstation. But there's so much more to MIDI even if we only use software synthesizers for our arrangements, so that's what we'll look at in this episode. One of the most extensive parts of Logic is its environment. If you've shied away from it, afraid of messing things up, here's some good news. Whatever you do in the environment window is only part of the current project you're working on. So even if you do manage to mess up things, you can always start a new project and find everything restored to its default state. On the other hand, if you construct some interesting things in your logic environment, you may want to save these into your own custom autoload project so they are always available. Let's start by looking at our MIDI input. This can be very helpful if we want to do some diagnostic testing or if we need to figure out the number of a MIDI continuous controller. We open the environment window via the Windows menu or by pressing Command 8. The environment has several layers. For now we go to the clicks and ports layer. On the left we see the physical MIDI inputs of Logic. If we play a few notes on our MIDI keyboard and turn some of its controllers we notice how the note events are visible on the little keyboard as well. The input view also displays the actual MIDI events. This is an easy way to figure out which CC number is used by which MIDI controller. If a MIDI controller doesn't seem to do anything, this might just be because we've set it up as our automation quick access controller. If this is the case, Logic intercepts it before it arrives in the input monitor. We can turn off automation quick access in the preferences under automation. Even without entering the environment window, we can monitor our MIDI input in the right hand side of the transport window. The transport window is also a clever little chord interpreter. If we play some random chords on our MIDI keyboard, we can see their proper names here. This can be very helpful if you're arranging some music and need to find the names that belong to certain chords. In the upper left of the matrix editor you see the same functionality for selected notes. Do note that some chords can have different names. Another very handy thing in our arrange window is the use of alias regions. An alias MIDI region is an exact copy of an existing MIDI region. In other words, if we change the original region, all the aliases will follow along. Here's an example. First we create a single bar MIDI region with a few notes, for example this riff. We then create a second region with this riff. While holding down the option and shift keys we drag the first region to bar 3 and the second region to bar 4. Our four bars now sound like this. We notice how the alias regions are displayed in italics and reference the original region. If we now make a change to the first bar, the third bar immediately changes too and our four bars then sound like this. 
If at any time we decide we want to turn an alias region into a unique region, we simply double-click it. Logic warns us this is an alias without data and gives us the option to turn it into a real copy. Working with alias regions can be very handy, especially if your arrangements become a bit complex but still contain repetitions. If you're looking for a better way to present or collaborate during your conference calls, your solution is simple. Web conferencing with GoToMeeting. During your call, everyone logs on to gotomeeting.com and your computer screen shows up on their computer screens. It's like you're all in the same room. GoToMeeting is perfect for sales or product demos, training or real-time collaboration. Plus, you're not charged per minute like other providers. You can meet as often as you want for as long as you need. With GoToMeeting you can meet with anyone, anywhere, without ever leaving your office. You'll not only save time, but money too. Try GoToMeeting free for 45 days. Just visit gotomeeting.com forward slash podcast. That's gotomeeting.com forward slash podcast. Try GoToMeeting today. Let's go back to the environment window for a while. We'll take a look at the chord memorizer and arpeggiator objects. We start with a new Logic project where we create a polyphonic instrument track. An EXS24 piano works just fine. We go to the audio layer of the environment. Because I use this view all the time, I have it set up as screen set number 2. If you need to find the audio layer of the environment, choose Windows, Environment and choose Audio from the layers. From the menu in this window, choose New Chord Memorizer. We select the newly created object. On the left hand side of the screen we can change some of its settings. In this example we've changed the name to Our Easy Course and set its key limit to C-2 to G8, but that's not very important. What is important though is that our object should have an icon. Only environment objects that have an icon associated with them can be used in the Arrange window. Next we drag a virtual cable from the little arrow to the right of our chord memorizer object to the channel strip of our instrument. Take a look at the screenshot to see how it should look now. If all went right we now have connected our chord memorizer to our instrument. We double click the chord memorizer object and a new window opens with two virtual keyboards. In the top window we choose a key to which we want to assign a certain chord. The bottom keyboard lets us choose which chord to play. For instance, if we press the C, we want to play a C minor chord, but if we play a C, we want to hear a G's major chord. We click the key in the upper window and assign the chord keys in the lower window. Clicking on a key a second time erases it again. So this is our C minor chord assigned to C, and this is our G's major chord assigned to C's. To hear this in action or use it in our arrangement, we go to the Arrange window. Instead of playing our instrument directly, we choose our chords memorizer for that track. So where do we find our chords memorizer? Where it says Instrument 1, we hold down the left mouse button. In the drop-down menu that opens, we see our chord memorizer in the list under Audio. If your chord memorizer isn't visible, check if you've assigned an icon to its environment object. Now if we play our C and C keys, we hear chords instead. So a chord memorizer lets you map any kind of chord to any key. 
This can be very handy for live situations, but I'm sure you can find other uses for it too. Next is the arpeggiator object. We again start with a new logic project. This time we create an instrument track with a bass instrument. It's perfectly fine if the instrument is monophonic. An arpeggio is a so-called broken chord. Instead of hearing the notes of our chords playing together, we hear them one by one in succession. So if our chord is C minor, then this is a chord, and this is an arpeggio. A monophonic instrument like Logic's ESM is perfectly fine to use with an arpeggiator because our arpeggiator plays all the chord tones one by one. Just like before, we go to the audio layer of the environment. Now we create an arpeggiator object from the new menu. We again connect it to the instrument via a virtual cable. In the left hand side of the screen we set the arpeggiator object to the following state. We check the icon if it isn't checked already. Like with the chord memorizer, this ensures the arpeggiator can be selected in the arrange window. We set direction to up down. We expand key limit to C-2, G8. We set resolution to 1 16th. Length is set to 1 32nd. We set snap to 1 16th. And we check repeat. We set octaves to 2. In the arrange window we make sure the current track is the arpeggiator track by selecting it from the drop-down list. It should again be part of the audio submenu. Now we press play. The arpeggiator follows the current tempo and requires the sequencer to be running. If we now play a single key we hear something like this. But if we play chords it can sound something like this. So that's the arpeggiator object. Be sure to check out some different settings like a random direction. Here's a little something I created with the arpeggiator object. program all these MIDI patterns ourselves. Well yes we can if we are so inclined. But sometimes it helps to find inspiration in other places. Because MIDI is just a way to represent note information, we can use any MIDI compatible file in Logic and use it with the sounds we like. As an example of a site that offers classical MIDI files, try the classical MIDI connection. Just because a MIDI file sounds cheap when we play it on our computer doesn't mean we can't make it sound rich. For instance, here's a song from Chopin which I downloaded from the classical MIDI connection. If we play it in our browser it sounds like this. Okay, that sounds like a MIDI piano. To import this into Logic we choose the file import command. This particular MIDI file appears to have two tracks. One for the left hand and one for the right hand. It's very common for MIDI files to have a lot of data in them besides just note information. To edit this we select the region we want to change. 
We then open the event list from the Windows menu. Initially this event window shows us everything. In this case we would like to erase everything except the note information. So when we click the note icon to the left we no longer see note information because it's filtered out. Our event list now only shows program changes and controller data. We can choose edit select all and press backspace to erase all the controller data and the program change events. If we turn on the note again it's obvious there's only note information in our MIDI region. We repeat this for the other track. At this stage we can assign any instrument to any track and use all the effects at our disposal. After a bit of toying around Chopin sounds a bit different. So if you lack a bit of inspiration, try downloading an existing MIDI file and build your own version of a favorite track. Another great source of MIDI data is Logic itself. Try inserting an ultrabeat instrument. Choose one of the presets, for instance the analog electro kit. Turn on the step sequencer and hit the play button. If you like one of these patterns, or maybe the one you've created yourself in the Ultrabeat step sequencer, you can drag it from the little pattern button in the lower left corner to your arrange window. Because this is a MIDI region, we can drag it to any instrument track and use that same Ultrabeat region with something like an EXS24 instrument. For instance, this is an EXS24 preset from Loopmaster's Polyester Loop Sample CD, playing a pattern that we dragged from Ultrabeat. We can double click the MIDI regions that originated from Ultrabeat and make our own variations in the matrix editor. We can even quantize the region events to a certain swing. The last program I want to mention is called Band in a Box. I've been using this program for a while and it's absolutely lovely. It lets you create your own arrangements and export these as MIDI files. The amount of magic that Band in a Box can perform is astounding. It can create intros, complete chord progressions and melodies for us. We can choose a certain style and have Band in a Box create an arrangement for us in that style. Because we can export to MIDI, we can import the results back into Logic and make all kinds of adjustments there. For instance, if we don't like the drum pattern that Band in a Box has created for us, we can use our own loops in an audio track. If you need some help with your arrangements, Band in a Box is a bargain and there are Windows and OS X versions available. There's even a Yahoo group where you can download tons of chord progressions to load into Band in a Box. So that concludes our new look at MIDI arranging. If you enjoyed this episode of Sounds Good, please let me know. We can do a future episode that expands on this topic and talk about things like Logic's transform window, which takes MIDI event editing even further.
This is your invitation to join me, Ed Ovet, on a podcast that's out of this world. With a new episode weekly, you'll hear independent artists from all music genres, some comedy, a Know Your Podcaster's voice contest with prizes, and sometimes even a software tip. So why listen to four different podcasts when you can get them all rolled into one on the Ed's Mixed Bag podcast? You can find me in the iTunes directory or subscribe via my RSS feed found at my website, edsmixedbag.com. So I'll be looking for you on the next episode of Ed's Mixed Bag. Just point your browser, where else? To edsmixedbag.com.